let's record something real quick just to make sure that our audio is still right. Yep. Okay. It should be, I think, but recording, 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 <laughs> recording, recording, recording. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Alex, a.k.a. Soldier First Class. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Dookie03. And we are here with Episode 2 of The Gaming Effect. Now, Episode 1 was a lot of fun. We had a lot of laughs last time. Uh, We talked about your travels and everything else. And if you want to check out that episode, it is on Spotify, iTunes, and my YouTube channel. Uh, so definitely go check that out. It was a lot of fun. It kind of gave us an introduction to who we are, what we're about and stuff like that. But that was our brief introduction for this episode. But, uh, got anything to say to the listeners about episode one? Not too much. Be sure to check it out. It's kind of like a, kind of like a base, a concept of like what we want to do, I guess, with the podcast over time kind of thing. Just kind of gives you an idea of what the goal is and, what what we'll all be talking about and stuff here on the podcast. Exactly. So it was kind of just like a uh, an opening trial run of what we were going to do with this thing. And I think it worked out really well. We got a lot of good yeah. feedback. Uh, I'm going to try to implement some of that feedback. Uh, people seem to really take positively to the health messages and stuff that we were talking yeah, that's, about. I'm so. glad about that because I, was, I, was, I wasn't sure how people were going to take that, to be completely honest. Yeah, I, I was kind of the same. I was like, are people going to be like, oh, well. I don't want to listen to these guys talk about this stuff. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'm cashing out. But a lot of people got to the end of the episode, which I was really surprised. It was an hour long. Mm. And, you know, typically when you make like hour long content or even two hour long content, I mean, that's basically like a movie. Yeah. So it's a long time. Yeah. So you got two people that are talking, you know, what would probably amount to most people thinking is random nonsense. Yeah. And we had a lot of people stick around for the the whole hour and that was awesome so we really appreciate that yeah no doubt it's uh greatly appreciated and i always uh, i always tell people with podcasts and stuff um if if you're listening to it and you don't want to uh have to load the video and stuff be sure to check it out on spotify or something because exactly there's nothing worse than uh <laughs> driving in your car with youtube open and a bunch of ads start running right unless you have youtube premium uh <laughs> yeah but yeah. uh and actually, uh, we will be putting the playlist for this in the YouTube descriptions. So if you want to catch up on old episodes, feel free mm, to look in the description of the video, and we'll have the full playlist available. And under and it also be under the podcast tab on my channel. So if you ever miss an episode or you just want to catch up on some old episodes, feel free to check out that, and it'll be there available for you. Question: uh, <clears throat> When yeah. you do when you do YouTube playlists like of your of your own stuff, mm-hmm. do you like to do them from like oldest like oldest plays first and then towards the newest or newest towards the oldest? I do newest towards the oldest because I feel like it's easier to find my new content if the yeah. playlist is towards the top. Yeah, I think I think I I prefer that as well because I mean some sometimes your older stuff is like pretty shitty too right so so it's like 
it's like, yeah, here, look at this stuff. But if you really want to keep going. <laughs> yeah. You know sometimes I mean? sometimes it's cool, though, because people like to see the evolution of your content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like my first, I you know, I know my first videos were fucking garbage. Mm-hmm, and same. like, it's funny because so I've done this three times now. I've done YouTube three times. One was uh, my Mothman 491 channel. Some people okay. may know that channel. It's a little obscure. Um, but uh, then I did one where I was a Pokemon channel. Oh, really? Yeah. I, a lot of people don't know about this. Dude. But I did a Pokemon channel, and my YouTube name was Dragon Champion Alex. <laughs> I know. It was horrible. But, yeah, I did, I did a Pokemon channel for a while. Oh, and then uh, now I'm soldier first class and it's this one blew up a little bit. So, yeah, no doubt. Uh, you've done YouTube a couple times, though, right? Yeah. So we used to have uh, we used to actually have a website, blurrypron.com. And and it was like a play on like like <laughs> blurry <laughs> porn. Sens- yeah. Censored porn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but we do. We did like uh, gaming reviews and top 10 videos and stuff like that. Right. And we had a podcast called The Late Night Reach Around. And it was Which actually was hilarious. You showed me a couple episodes and it's like <laughs> Yeah, it's we did so some live funny. episodes. It's like watching a beaut like a beautiful car crash, really. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun to watch those two. Because yeah, we're like we were just sitting there laughing about like yeah. how young you were and like how yeah. just funny it was that because like I, I feel like old YouTube used to be like the greatest. Yeah, it like was. there was so much natural content back then, mm-hmm. and now it's just like manufactured content, like people doing yeah. news videos. It's all the same. It's all the same voice. It's all the same. You know, like I, I get it that there are certain people that you like to watch and stuff like that, but I feel like old school YouTube was like not only just the Wild West, but also like it was a lot of fun to watch those videos back in the day because people did like- not give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. You got real people telling you what they thought and showing you, I don't know, what they did, what they were doing. I liked, uh, like, the exposure was, like, almost better, honestly, back then, too, because now with the algorithm and all that, it you have to be so, everything has to be so specified to, like, work with the algorithm, whereas back then, you would be, like, um, post some video called like pull my finger farts or something and like 10 billion people would just, <laughs> yeah i know dude everybody it's... on youtube would see it right it, yeah and it, it is like, it is really you funny. didn't need to put any tags in or anything like remember that stupid like charlie bit my finger like yeah like shit like that man just like took off all the time back then yeah it's it's the landscape of youtube has changed so much and it's like mm-hmm. even the channels that are that were way bigger back then don't yeah. even exist anymore yeah, the, the, only U- one... the YouTubers drove drove themselves crazy trying to keep that level of success, and people yeah. just evolved and weren't watching that kind of content anymore. The only one that really like sticks around from back then that I can think of is like the Angry Video Game Nerd. He still he still does yeah. his thing. It's a lot different now, but it's still it's still pretty good, and he's still got a pretty good following. But well, he's the and, only one I can think of. Yeah, and I mean the problem is is that like people just don't understand that you have to we talked about this a little bit last time, but you have to like pray to the algorithm gods that your video, and that's like doing all the, so, you know, if you download like the VidIQ app and you download like YouTube studio app and you download like all this other stuff and it tells you like what tags to put in your videos or like 
they can like suggest give you suggestions right. and right and it's like you know you sit there and you're like i'm doing all this stuff and getting nothing and then you see somebody that doesn't even put a thumbnail in their video <laughs> yeah and it's got like a million views and is like cat eating pine cone or something and it's got like a million views and you're like <laughs> why am i sitting here doing all of this work for nothing <laughs> i always like to think of it like even like even with my stream I always like to think of it as you're going fishing, right? So you, when you go fishing, there's no guarantee you're going to catch a single fish. Uh, you just have to go out there and enjoy the day, enjoy enjoy your day fishing. You know what I mean? And that's right. kind of what YouTube, like making videos and streaming is. Um, streaming, I, I prefer streaming. I love them both. I prefer streaming because fishing is always better with a boat full of friends, right? Right. And that's basically that's basically what it is well it's like so i've been streaming final fantasy 16 and um originally i was just gonna play it on my own and i was like you know i'm gonna try this because i didn't play the game i didn't play remake with my fans and i think that kind of hurt me a little bit because i was rushing to get my review out because i got the game a week early for a review copy and you had to crush it in a week, too, And I had right? to crush Plus, it in a week. Plus, come up with a script and... Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, get That'd a script, review it, do... I mean, I had to collect my thoughts in <clears throat> roughly what I would say would be two days of collecting my thoughts about the game. And then, like, there were contractual ob obligations that I had. Like, I couldn't talk about the ending because... Okay. um Because they didn't want the spoilers out there, but also, like, you know, with the ending with what it was... um they, I, I don't know what the, the logic was behind it besides just maybe spoilers. They wanted people to <clears throat> buy it. Right, <laughs> right. So, um... It's, I know it's, a lot of people who wouldn't have if they knew that that's what was going to happen in the end. That's all right. I'm saying. Right, and I'm... <laughs> I might have been one of them, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh... I So I've been playing 16 on stream, and I... I have to thank a lot of the people that are, have stuck with me over the years in my absence because they've made the streams amazing. Like we're averaging like 20 to 30 people a stream and I'm like, I'm playing like I'm playing with my friends and people are waiting for my reaction yeah. to certain moments. And like, it's, it's been really fun. And I, I almost wish I would have played remake with my fans and I hate calling them fans. I'd rather call them like viewers or friends or whatever. Followers or yeah, whatever. Yeah, followers because yeah, yeah. it just seems like I'm being pompous. But <laughs> yeah, 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 you know. Like, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But it's one of those things where I'm like, if if I had played it with my fans or followers or whatever, yeah. would my experience with the game had been different? Because I played 14 with my followers and i actually played the game with them with them yeah yeah yeah. so 14 was really amazing and i and i have to say like it was this phenomenon that i'd never been a part of before and the fact that i was playing with viewers going through dungeons doing the main trials of the game watching cutscenes with them it made my experience in 14 so much better that i i kind of wonder what it would have been like had i done that with remake flash forward to 16 and I'm having the time of my life playing a game that I've I've wanted for so long that I can't believe it's real and and the things going on in the game where I'm currently at are so hype and ridiculous that I can't believe that I'm playing it so 
I'm sitting here like, I'm glad that I took the plunge and decided to come back and play 16 with my followers. You timed it. Like, you timed coming back pretty good. And that wasn't, like, even the plan. Really. No, it really you, wasn't. No. I Originally, so what's funny is I did not know I was getting a review copy of 16. Right. I remember, yeah, you were like, should I do this? I was like, no reason. Like, yeah, no, no I was reason like, not to. Well, I, and shout out to Ibs from Square Enix because the dude works hard as hell and he deserves every bit of praise he gets. Uh, he, he sent me the email the night before, you know, that I was going to get it. And mm-hmm. he worked with me and got me the code and like shout out to square enix they they did a really good job um i know they had a lot of problems with the launch because of like spoilers and leaked copies yeah dude like GameStops were giving the game out like yeah days in advance which so is and weird. i and i can't confirm i really don't know but i think that's why review copies went out late uh, for it because they were trying to get ahead of the leaked copies mm-hmm. and if they had to worry about that plus giving it to content creators yeah, that makes they, sense. They would have had a lot of problems. So I'm I'm assuming that's what happened. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of things I obviously can't talk about, you know, NDA-wise. Yeah. Um, but I, I do have to give a, a really special shout-out to Square Enix because they made getting this game and playing it a pretty good experience. So, um, yeah, shout-out to Ibs and Square Enix for that. But yeah, that that wasn't the plan at all. I no. I was literally like messaging you and a couple friends, and I'm like, I've been gone for two years. I don't think they're gonna give me this review copy. Yeah. Like I was like, should I shoot my shot? And everybody was like, yeah, why not? Why the fuck? What yeah, do you have to no lose? No reason not to. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and the thing is, like, what's crazy is, and I'm not trying to brag or anything because, like, obviously, that's just not who I am, but. A long time ago, when I became friends with Night Sky Prince, he told me something that has stuck with me for, what, five years now? Six years since I started the Soldier First Class channel, right? Yeah. And uh, he said, you have what I'm going to call a superpower, and that's the ability to make friends with anybody. Yeah. He's like, it doesn't matter who it is, how big they are, like what kind of channel they are, you know, what walk of life they come from. He's like, you have the ability to talk to people and make friends with people. And you need to use that ability to grow. And that has stuck with me for six years, dude. Like I I've, I've thought about that every time I ever go for a review copy, every time I ever go to make friends on Twitter or anything like that, you know, I've met some of my best friends online. Like, yeah. like we're doing yeah, a fucking we're doing a fucking podcast together. Yeah, because we met playing video games and meeting online and talking about Final Fantasy and shit, dude. Like, yeah, dude. That's I, why, like, the internet is so like was such a huge game changer. Hey, like, because because growing up, like, I live in a small community, and you, I think, didn't you grow up kind of in like a smaller? I do too. I yeah, yeah. I grew, I'm still in a small community. Yeah, so it's like. You had everyone was at one age. Everyone's like a gamer, like like oh, come over and play Mario or whatever, right? Like on on like the NES and stuff. But once you get to like grade six or seven or something like that, it stops. Like people aren't like asking people to come over and play video games, right? So 
you you could have like your small group of friends maybe like three or four group of friends that that still enjoy like playing video games and stuff but it wasn't until like i want to say like grade 10 or 11 where where like the internet was really becoming a thing and you'd start going to like forums and shit and being like wow there is a whole fucking community of people who like mega man and dragon quest and final <laughs> fantasy you know what i mean there's a whole world out there you didn't know about yeah yeah i thought i was like some loser <laughs> maybe i was but well, aren't we still kind of losers <laughs> yeah <laughs> we were sitting but... here in our 30s making a podcast about video games <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we're acceptable losers and yeah that's, and that's <laughs> being that's a nerd is cool now yeah i guess so yeah. i think i think another thing is like a lot of people, um, a lot of people do love video games, but they're not, I don't know if they're like not comfortable with themselves. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like there's a lot of people that, that, uh, I know personally that if, if I'm playing or if I'm at somebody's place and their kids are like playing a, vi playing a video game, I'll be, I'll like jump in and start playing. And then, and then they'll be like, Oh, I used to play this. Right. Like it's whatever, whatever will like get them to like fit into the situation. They'll start like bringing it up. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, I used to play it all the time. And so, like, even people that you think, like, would never play video games, other than, like, people, like, quite a bit older than us that probably never really played them. But people, right. like, our age or younger, you can usually get some kind of common ground with video games, even uh, even if they, like, do not give off that that essence of being a gamer at all. And would even, like, like look down on, on you for being a gamer. If, if it's just you and that guy in the room and you're playing video games and the topic comes up, you're going to find out that this guy at one point played video <laughs> games. And you know what I mean? Like there's always that common. You know, that, you know, that meme where it's like the two girls talking, it's like the, like, I don't know what the fucking meme is called. Like, the yeah, like where it's like, but it's like, the I'm, two girls I'm your grandma. Or yeah, like, yeah, like the time travel one. one. Yeah. Well, it's like that, but like, you're there, you're in a crowd of people and you're like, yeah, fucking nerds or whatever. And then it's just you two. And it's like, dude, I love Dragon Quest. Yeah, yeah. There, <laughs> dude, that happened. Even in high school, there was, there was like two dudes that were like, they're like fairly cool, like popular guys, right? But if, if it was just me and them or me and my friends and them, they were like, oh, yeah, dude, let's play. San I got San Francisco Rush. Like, I remember the one guy, he had an he had an N64, and, like, not many people in my town had an N64. It was a pretty PlayStation, like, centric right. community. And uh, the one guy had an N64, and he was like, no, he didn't tell anybody at school. And then it was, like, after school, we were, like, leaving, and he was like, I got I got the new San Francisco Rush. Do you want to come over and play it? Like he's, it like, like he's trying to peddle drugs. He's like, yeah. hey, I, hey, I got that video game you're looking for. Yeah, and that's why I think, like, it truly is people just, like, not being comfortable with themselves. Like, people that people that love, uh, like, deep down loved Pokemon a lot as, as, like, a kid or a teenager are embarrassed to tell people that they still like Pokemon or even liked it at one point, right? right? It's, it's all about people just kind of being insecure with themselves. I think. Well, what's funny is like two things. One, you can tell that we're both from different countries because when you said grade six, I was <laughs> like, that's such a Canadian thing to say. And because here we call it sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's just that, that was a funny thing I wanted to get like out of the way. But the second thing is we were actually looking at our analytics on YouTube the other night together. Yeah. And our main audience is, is people our age, which is, I'm 32, and I think the range is like 30 to 
44 or something like that. Yeah, and mine's then, like, yeah, 30 to 45 kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and we both had very similar, like, even though we talk about different games, yeah, we both have similar age things. And I don't know, I don't know if our audience is dictated by what we talk about age-wise, I mean. Yeah. Or if our audience is dictated. Drawn to it drawn to it because of like our age like, yeah, yeah yeah like, like if it's shown yeah. to those people or if they're just like drawn to it like I, you know what i mean like, well, that's like kinda... okay like so if one of our videos pops up and let's say our face is on the thumbnail yeah or somebody just happens to click on our video and they see us we don't look 40 we don't no, look that's we, true. Do, we don't look 20 we yeah. look we look 30 i think yeah i think so so i think like maybe people our age resonate with us more because we are that age and we look that be. age. So I'm thinking maybe like that's what has to do with our analytics being that age range. So it makes a lot of sense to me that people that we talk to happen regular to regular life. Yeah. Happen to, yeah. to be around our age. And it's funny. Cause like you mentioned like the popular guy or whatever, not like knowing that he's a gamer or whatever. Yeah. There's a guy I work with actually, his name's Dylan and He's this jacked monster of a dude. Like, looks like he could play the mountain on Game of Thrones. Like, he's huge, right? <laughs> really? Yeah, he's he's a big guy. Like, well, maybe the hound off of Game of Thrones. But he's big. <laughs> Let's just say that. He looks like he yeah, hasn't yeah. left a gym in seven years. And he's like 6'5", jacked out of his mind, like, whatever. And he was, we, for what, he he shadowed me at work. Like, he was, I was training him oh, one okay. day. yeah. And, uh, you know, we were talking about things we like to do or whatever outside of work. And he said, and I said something about, I have a YouTube channel where I talk about Final Fantasy. And he's like, dude, no way. I love Final Fantasy. Oh, awesome. And I'm, and I'm like, what? And then it got me thinking, like, public perception of people by what they look like, you know, what maybe social status they are. Like, video games still to this day sometimes feel like an exclusionary or niche yeah thing right and it's like yeah. no everybody's a gamer now like yeah pretty much old people e young even if people. you just play like call of duty or something like there's a lot of people that just do that right like but there's like gaming is huge now i would say gaming is bigger than movies now i you know i would say that too because like uh i don't know though Especially, no, but if you break it down to how much time you spend playing, like people spend playing games versus how much time they spend watching movies, I think, I think 100% is bigger. Think of even on your phone, people playing like shitty mobile games all the time, right? Like, yeah, that's true. Like people are, like gaming as a whole, no matter what degree from fucking, I, I do no death, no hit runs of fucking Bloodborne <laughs> all the way down to Candy Crush. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. People are, everyone plays games now. Right. And it doesn't matter what game you play, you know, you're, you're a gamer and it's, yep. it's like, you know, it, it's just such a weird thing. And we're going to get into like mm. nostalgia stuff later, but it is funny that that, yeah, it is. you know, that how, that's how, how it big works. it is now. Yeah, really. Cause I remember growing up in the nineties, like you got beat up for playing video games sometimes. Yeah. yeah. You know? Why don't you come outside? Why don't you go outside and play? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, I do go outside and play. But I also, like, if I got, especially if you get a new game, that was oh, like, yeah. fuck everything, dude. I am playing this game. I'm staying in, playing this game. Every, mom every moment of my waking time, if I'm not in school, 
or uh, eating food or something, like, or sleeping, I'm fucking playing this game. Like, right. there was no, like, you're going through that right now, kind of, right? Like, you've yeah. got Final Fantasy 16, a new game. That new, there's nothing beats that, like, new game feel, I, I right. think. Well, and I'm playing Final Fantasy 16, and it's like, I took the week off from work to play it, and now yeah. I'm streaming it, and I'm like, I feel like a teenager again. I feel like yeah, I'm... get that feel. Right, and it's like, it's so weird, because... As an adult, I feel like it's hard to sometimes focus on yourself, yeah, especially when you have kids and you're married and stuff like that. So, and I completely understand, like, not everybody can take a week off, but when you can do those things, it, it's like this rush of serotonin because you are living a life that you haven't lived in maybe 20 years. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's awesome. It's like summer, summer break a little bit or spring break. Yeah. Even. You yeah, know? yeah, it's like dialing back the clock. Dude, I used to, speaking of that, I used to fucking, we would go, like, my, my parents were, like, big on, like, camping and shit. Every summer, it was like, let's go camping for fucking three weeks. And I, dude, I hate, like, I don't hate camping, but I hate camping for three weeks. Like, I'll do it overnight or something, right? And it's like, fuck, dude, that shit's so boring to me. Um, So I would bring my PS1. And I remember, it was, like, the year Legend of Dragoon came out. And I think it was the whole three weeks. My parents were so pissed <laughs> off. I was like, I don't know how old I would have been, like 13, 14, maybe. Like, I wasn't old enough to drive or anything like that. But, uh, and it was like, we just had like this shitty tent trailer, but we had a lot that had power, right? And uh, and I would just sit in my bed. My PlayStation, like, have you you've been, have you ever been in like a tent trailer? Yeah. It's just like, it's just like a bed. And like over here's a bed, right? <laughs> and, then, and then like there's like a you could there's a sink and shit here. I would sit on the bed, and then my TV was also on the bed, and my PS1 was also on the bed. And I just sat there, I think like that whole that whole summer and played Legend of Dragoon. I'm surprised you didn't set a small fire on that bed. I know, because of how well older consoles didn't really get that hot, right? Like Yeah, but the TVs did. Yeah, that's true. They, and and like they were like big. Like I remember the TV like trying to tip forward because <laughs> because because it's on a it's on a mattress, right? And like the front of of those CRT TVs are so heavy. But ju- just that feeling, like, and then like I'll never forget it. Like the wind, because like in a tent trailer, you can you can't quite feel the wind, but you can kind of feel the wind and like yeah. the breeze and the fresh air. And I just remember like parts of that game when you're like when you're like at the seaside and stuff like it, it just kind of like all came together it's for like ambiance yeah it was so dude i'll never forget that and like it's funny because i kind of i kind of shit on legend of dragoon a bit now because there's certain things that haven't aged as well in that game right like right. The, the battles take way too long and stuff like that but i still absolutely cherish those memories of like just spending my summer that one summer just playing legend of dragoon like every waking moment in that tent trailer where my well my family's like enjoying their summer but hey everybody enjoyed their summer right <laughs> right well and what's funny like i remember how much of a game changer having a game boy was yeah except and you know as well as i do the battery life yeah or you can't see shit because you're in the back of the car and you're driving at night right. and it's it, like and it's not backlit like, yeah, sometimes if you like tilt it, you can kind of maybe see something better. I'm gonna say some boomer shit, but uh, kids these days will never know what it's like to play games without backlit screens. Yeah, I got a Game Gear though, like a little a little ways after. So Game Gear's got backlit and color, so that was nice. Bro, do you remember 
the the attachment for Game Boy that went that slid over the top of it, and it was like a magnifying glass with a light on it. It was like the same size as the fucking Game Boy, basically. Right. right. And, it made, <laughs> and the Game Boy was fucking big. Yeah, and you could see the screen way better, and it was lit, so you could still see it. Yeah. It was fucking great, dude. And then like the one of the early models of Game Boy Advance didn't have backlight yet. Yeah, the original Game Boy Advance. Right, yeah. and it so wasn't until the SP they sold a little like coily. Like, yeah, a little coily. Yeah, yeah. Everybody had that yeah, little coily light. Everybody like, had that. Fuck, dude. Even wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think it worked for the Game Boy Color as well. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, right. but I think it did. I think you're right. But yeah, it like it plugged into the top and then like yeah. went over, and you could see. Yeah, that's dude. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, but you always had to angle it because if you if you had it too much over, all you'd you'd see the light on the screen. Right. So you'd have to like angle it like back, but still towards the screen. Right. I dude, I bet they sold as many of those as they sold Game Boys at that time. Oh yeah, everybody had one. Oh yeah, and they were all like different colors and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) that was a trip down memory lane, which we'll get to here in a little bit. (laughs) But we always do this segment. The set, well. Always, I say that we've only done one episode. <laughs> the second one ever. Every every goddamn time. You guys you guys know it's coming. You've yeah. been here one time. Yeah, you've been here one time. You know how it works. <laughs> yeah. So we are gonna talk about what games we are currently playing and what games we are excited for, because it's been about two weeks since we since we recorded the last episode. So as I said before, I've been playing Final Fantasy sixteen. Really hyped about it. Really loving it. It's delivering on every aspect that I wanted it to deliver. It's basically the spiritual successor to Final Fantasy Tactics that I've wanted for fucking 20 years now, it feels like. Um, or even longer. Uh, also excited for Spider-Man 2. I bought the Collector's Edition uh, for PS5. Um, excited for the Armored Core 6. Fires a Rubicon. Fucking good, dude. Yeah, it looks so <laughs> it good. <does. laughs> uh, and another one that came out of the Nintendo Direct recently that I'm really excited for is Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars Remake. Yeah, it I'm is, glad that one got a remake. It is fucking real, ladies and gentlemen. This is not a drill. Super Mario RPG is getting a remake, and it looks really fucking good. It looks like they added cutscenes. It looks like... You know, it just, it looks so good. Gino, finally, in a modern game, without it being fucking Smash Bros, is like... Well, even in Smash Bros, wasn't he just like a little trophy, basically? Well, I think in Smash Bros, he was a costume for your Mii player, I think. that's that's even worse. Proto Man got that treatment in fucking Smash Bros as well. Yeah, so I'm just glad that Gino is finally getting the love he deserves and is is back with us in in the Mario fandom. But yeah. uh, you got some good news uh, recently, too. Yeah, no doubt, dude. A lot of these game releases this this summer have been absolutely excellent. And I got to say, up until maybe like 2018, I was like, I was like on like a gaming, like not the, like I hate to use the word depression because that's like <laughs> fucking extreme. But like everything was kind of like going downhill. Gaming void. Uh, yeah, like gaming void is is, yeah, a good way to put it. And, like, there's a ton of retro games. I've been playing a lot of that. But, like, 2018, uh, kind of that era, era, up until now, has been just god tier. Like, we've had, like, Dragon Quest XI, my favorite game of all time. Um, Like, uh, 
like Persona 5, like JRPG fans have been eating good, I feel like, since for like the past like five years. And and like I cannot complain at all. Even like despite all my issues with Final Fantasy 16 and the way it's gone, like there are so many fucking good JRPGs that have come out and continue to come out. And right. it's just been awesome. But yeah, go ahead. And honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say if if Final Fantasy 16 has an ending that is good. At this point, I'm 12 hours in, right? Yeah. Around 12 hours in. I don't know quite the amount. If you go by my streams, I'm about 12 hours in. But that's side quest. That's exploring. Yeah, yeah, that's that's you know, main quest stuff like that. Because I'm I'm taking it all in, man. I'm I'm playing the whole fucking game. Like yeah, yeah. I don't care. Like I want to be entertaining, obviously, on stream. But at this point, like I'm so excited for this You're game. You're playing it for you. Yeah, I'm playing it for me, and I think people yeah. are gravitating towards that because they're seeing that I'm playing it for me. Yeah. But if it finishes on a high note, the way it's going right now, not only is this going to be my game of the year, personally, it may become my favorite game of all time. And isn't that weird as fuck to think? Because like that's that's was really that was really weird for me because. Uh, like with, with Dragon Quest Eleven, because we've been playing games for probably thirty years or around there, right? Roughly. I've I've had like my favorite games has have changed over the years. Like for a little while, it was like Rogue Galaxy on the PS2, um, and then but but like Dragon Quest Four has always been like my in my top three. A Dragon Quest Seven's in there. Final Fantasy Four has always been like in my top five, three. Same with Final Fantasy IX. And to think that a game, a new game, could top all those is fucking crazy, isn't it? Well, and what's funny is, like, so when I was covering Final Fantasy VII, um, I had a lot of people tell me, like, oh, nothing will ever top the original seven. Nothing, nothing ever. And I'm like, it's been fucking 20 years or 25 years or whatever. Like, to think that no game will ever surpass a game that you played when you were, we'll say, 10 years old to teenager, right? Yeah, for, yeah. for most people, I would 10 say. 10 to 18, probably. Right, right, right. 10 to 20, even, yeah. Yeah, 10 to 21, we'll say. We'll say yeah. college. We'll say college age. Yeah, yeah. To think that no game would ever surpass in the history of video games with all the technological advancements, all the, the thing. And I understand 7 has a, a, a charm to it. It has... Yeah, a magical power to it that that can't be understated, right? But to me, I always found that weird because I feel like as we get older, our tastes change, our feelings change, our the yeah, way we look true. the way we look at things changes. So something that you loved when you were a kid is great. I, I applaud that. I think that's awesome. But I'm not gonna pigeonhole myself into thinking that no game will ever beat a game that I love. Yeah. Right. Like, okay. For instance, Final Fantasy X was my favorite game. Yeah, that's and a I, fucking good one. Dude. Yeah, and I played it at a really rough time for me because my grandma had just died, and it got me through that. And it has a special place in my heart, and it always will. Right. Yeah. But then I played Final Fantasy XIV. And I got to the end of Shadowbringers, and I was playing it with my chat, and I was playing it with my chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and I I had my mods all with me for Twitch. Right. Uh, all my mods were in the final boss of Shadowbringers fight with me. That's so all, cool. all the friends. How many people I... can you bring into that? Eight. Oh, okay, okay. So all of my mods were with me for the most part, and getting to experience that final boss fight with my friends that I had made over the 150 hours or 200 hours I had been playing 14 with them. Yeah. Solidified it not only because of that but because of the story solidified it as my favorite game of all time. And I don't get emotional about a lot of things. Like I I've lost family members and haven't cried. I've, you know, there, there's, it takes a lot for me to cry. Like I, my pets for one, like they become a part of your family, right? Like you're with them every day. When I lost my dog, Abby, and my dog rebel it fucking killed me right dude it's the worst it is the worst it is and the end of shadowbringers hit me so hard not only was i hyped but legit tears came out and then 5.3 came around and there's a segment in 5.3 which is right after shadowbringers and one of the characters has a pet and that character died right and the pet is still alive and they come together for one last time in this moment and it is so beautiful and so well told that i sat there for probably 3 minutes on stream and just cried jeez because I when I saw the scene and a lot and, and people that have are watching this might know what scene I'm talking about. I had flashbacks to being in the vet's office with my pet and saying goodbye one last time to my dog Abby. Yeah. And it the worst, it fucking killed me to watch this scene, but at the same time it was so beautiful of of storytelling and of a scene that I I could not stop watching it i couldn't look away and i was so overcome with emotion that i just lost it like i don't take off my hat on video for for much (laughs) and and i took my hat off my headphones off my glasses off and i just sat there and cried jeez man dude it it was incredible it was a power it was a powerful powerful moment and so it solidified itself as my favorite game of all time. Yeah, no doubt. And now I'm sitting here with 16 thinking nothing is going to beat Shadowbringers. Nothing. There's nothing that will ever beat Shadowbringers. And I'm sitting here playing 16, and I remember what it was like to play Final Fantasy Tactics back in the day, and even now as an adult. And I'm like, "This this game... I don't care what anybody says about it. I don't care if they don't like it. I don't care if reviewers say it's not good. I, if if they don't like the story, it's all subjective. I don't care. Yeah. For me, this might be my perfect Final Fantasy. Yeah. And I, it's not for me to decide if it's yours. It's not for me to decide yeah, exactly. if it's someone on the internet's favorite. This game already, for me, has has taken steps towards overtaking 14 if it sticks the landing it may just do it 
them, dude. That's the other thing I kind of wanted to get into is is right now, like, like I hate to say this, but the Final Fantasy fandom can be incredibly fucking toxic. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And, like, right now, it's not the worst it's ever been, but it's pretty bad. Like, you have more people arguing about, um, like, you're an idiot for not liking it or and, and you're an idiot for liking it. Like, who the fuck cares, dude? Like, <laughs> yeah. my, my biggest thing is on the people that are, like, that are are playing it and enjoying it and are like are like look at all these idiots uh rating it below a 10 out of 10 it's like who the fuck cares dude most of my favorite games are like 7 out of 10 games that's another good point that i do want to talk about my friend nine actually wrote a tweet the other day and his tweet got quoted in an article by dual shockers actually oh nice um and he was basically like i want to point out that it takes two one game of the year with an 88 Metacritic. Yeah. When there were games that reviewed higher that year and didn't win it. And it's like, it does not matter what Metacritic says. It does not matter what some random asshole on the internet says. Yeah. It's whatever you, it's whatever you like. You like. If you yeah. like it, that's cool. Like I don't sit here. Like I, we talk shit to each other about 16 yeah. all the time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I don't get offended by it. Exactly. You know, and you don't get offended when I when I talk shit back. Like, yeah, exactly. We're friends. We can we can understand that there's like that common like, hey, we're just having fun with each other. Like, exactly. Whatever. And it's like people on the internet, like Twitter, for example. You have people that will like quote retweet people and be like, look at this fucking idiot, blah blah blah. And it's like, I understand if somebody's being disingenuous about something. Yeah. Like there was a tweet the other day where a guy said. um, oh, Final Fantasy 16 is just press square to win, blah, blah, blah. But then didn't tell anybody that he was using the easy mode accessories. <laughs> and it was so disingenuous that even Moist Critical, you know, Charlie, made yeah. an entire video shitting on this person, being like, oh, man. you are a disingenuous prick. I don't care if you don't like the game for real reasons, like if you don't like the story or you don't like this the or you don't like that. or whatever. Yeah, yeah if, if you, you know, if it's not your cup of tea, whatever. But he's like, for you to be so disingenuous that I make an entire video about your tweet, <laughs> you have fucked up. Yeah. And it's okay. like, it's like, I just don't understand people that are so extreme on one side or the other about yeah. it yeah and that's the problem and it's like and I, and I used to be that way with remake i'll admit i was very on the anti side of it i've i've grown over the last two years i've said you know what i don't like remake i hope you guys enjoy rebirth right because yeah. i i'm just i'm tired of it dude it's too stressful to try to change people's minds it's it's no there's no point like yeah and you're not gonna because they they obviously like it you know right. what I mean? Like, you're not going to convince somebody not to like something. The only thing that I didn't like, and I'll, I'll, I'll be brief about it, is everybody, when when it first came out and I didn't like it, everybody was like, well, watch Max Dude's video about it. You'll like it then. Oh, dude, that's the or, worst one when, or, when or people watch, are like, watch this lore video and it'll right. explain why you should like it. It's like, right. the fuck, dude, I played the whole thing. I didn't <laughs> like it. Like, what else do you want? Yeah, there's like nothing <laughs> that they're going to say that's going to make me have this mind-blowing revelation, right? Or they're like, yeah. I got harassed hardcore with the Easy Allies Max Dude podcast. They're like, well, you should watch the Easy Allies podcast with Max Dude. You'll love it then. And it's like, 
No, the fuck I won't. Like, yeah, exactly. No YouTuber, no fucking lore nerd, no fucking person is going to make me like it. Yeah. I have to like it. I have to make myself like it. And yeah. I can't do it. So no one else is going to make me like it. Now, yeah. I will say that if I like something and I watch a video by somebody that also likes it. They can make you like it more. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. for instance, so Final Fantasy VIII, we both love it. And yeah. notice that I found a way to stick this into conversation. Uh, <laughs> You've been wanting to talk about it so Bro, much. <laughs> I've been wanting to talk about Final Fantasy VIII so fucking bad, dude. <laughs> future podcast episode by the way everybody um <laughs> seriously we're gonna talk about final fantasy 8 for an entire episode i don't fucking care fuck, i think fuck Corey. I, i'm doing it <laughs> no no i want to do it but just yeah i think now is not the time i yeah. think uh i think we should do it as part of our hot takes episode maybe. make that like the main course maybe <laughs> so i i don't know if you've ever watched any videos by resonant arc well you sent me that that kind of series one. I didn't watch right. it. I li I listened to it though. I don't. I didn't even know there is there a video version of it. Yeah, on YouTube. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. I think so, you sent it to me on Spotify. Oh, maybe I ago. did. Yeah. So, did, did how far did you listen? The whole damn thing. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you enjoyed it then? Oh yeah. I I so, used to drive to to like martial arts all the time. It's like an hour and a half away mm -hmm. to like Muay Thai. So I would I would like literally because. I was always like relying on podcasts, but sometimes like your podcast has like a shitty guest on or like something yeah. like that. So with this, it was like a very consistent like, oh, or, I could just go straight to the next one and straight. Or, so or, I, I, yeah, or two shitty co-hosts. Yeah, or two shitty co-hosts. Yeah. One's a bigger piece of shit than the other. Yeah, you know what's funny? Our cameras are <laughs> reversed, so we're both pointing at the wrong. Ah, uh... <laughs> 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 we're pointing at the wall. <laughs> Son of a so bitch. what's funny is so back on fucking topic or well sorta uh so that that podcast by resonant arc mike and Kason are fucking awesome i love those guys i've been on their show before it fucking great time i love mike's like a big brother you know like uh and he actually congratulated me on coming back and stuff like that and has been really supportive of me, and I, I have to give a shout out to Mike and Kason. They're they're fucking awesome, man. Like I I love those guys. Um, but my point about that was before we got sidetracked was <laughs> was uh, <laughs> that I love Final Fantasy VIII. I know there's a lot of people that don't. I know it doesn't have the greatest reception in the fan base, but I love it personally, and I know you do too. Damn. Yeah, listening to those guys talk about it as in-depth as they did and what they were able to come to conclusions on by talking about the development history and by talking about the story beats and everything, I actually appreciated Final Fantasy VIII more Same. than I did ever before. Yeah. So in that case where I, and I know that sounds like an echo chamber type thing, but I would rather focus on the positives yeah, and what I do like than completely go over something I hate. And that's why, like, a lot of people, when I did my comeback video, uh, were like, well, why don't you just cover Remake like a journalist? And I'm like, but if I cover it like a journalist, I still have to give my opinion. And if I give my yeah. opinion, it's not going to be very good. And you're not gonna like. What and you're you, not gonna what like to what say. I. Yeah, you're not gonna like what I have to say. So why why would I do that, right? Yeah, yeah. And most people have been on board with that logic. 
right? Like most yeah. people have been like, yeah, that makes sense. Why would you talk about something you don't like constantly mm-hmm. and draw that ire, that draw that heat to you? And so like I've actually had to, and this has been my biggest friend on YouTube recently has been the block button. Like if someone comes in as like, Oh, you don't like rebirth, blah, blah, blah. And fuck you. And they're all like dickheads about it. <laughs> hey, hey, asshole, I'm like, you. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, three, three dot button hide user from video or from uh, channel. And then I never have, to, they can scream into the fucking void for all I care. Cause you know what? You're not bringing my ass down again. I'm not doing it. I'm not playing that fucking game anymore. I'm done. Like, I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to talk about things I like. And I'm going to be fair and consistent with reviews. Right? I'm I'm done trying to cater to people. I'm trying to... I'm done trying to... Like, I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. And I'm going to review games the way I want to review games. I'm not going to give a game a 9.5 because I feel like I have to anymore. I'm not going to sit here and lie about how I feel to keep viewers because it's yeah to do that is to be disingenuous and i don't want to be that guy and then the the people you're bringing in aren't necessarily people that that give a shit about you anyways right no right you know what i mean like yeah they they don't uh they don't really want to know what you want to hear they just want to hear what they want to hear right and and so it's like if i don't don't want to hear what you have to say they want to hear what they want to hear right and so like i have this buddy ray kaufman and I, i love the guy to death he's like He's literally like a brother to me at this point. Um, and he has taught, I've learned a really valuable lesson from him and that's cultivate the following and, yeah. and the friends and the thing that you want to be around. Yeah, and I absolutely. don't, I don't want to be around toxic people. So why yeah. would I cultivate that kind of community? So if you yeah. come into my comment section and you start talking shit, and I can clearly tell that you're being aggressive and and yeah. hateful. You're getting blocked. Like I'm not playing that game anymore. Yeah. And exactly. so, like, I I have to give a shout out to Ray because if it wouldn't have been for him, this this comeback may not have been possible. And so, like, I, I that's kind of the goal of this podcast too is to cultivate an audience. Yeah. That is not just like minded, but has the same values as us yeah and that's that's kind of like i get complimented from that a lot actually with like my discord and stuff and like on my 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 like twitch channel and stuff like that is like i have people people that are like larger streamers and stuff not large fucking streamers let's (laughs) fucking be honest yeah but larger streamers that will that will like hang out in my twitch channel when they can because they're like man like you've got a great community but it's because like there it's people that I, I don't want people just to have more people it's quality over quantity you know what right. i mean exactly i want to i want to build the best community not the biggest community right and and that's the thing that i think a lot of people forget because like you can have a million subscribers but yeah. if if 750,000 of them are fucking dickheads and toxic mm. like you don't have a community yeah yeah you know exactly community is all about how we help each other or how we interact and stuff so yeah you know that's i will say though people love to hate because they really do dude my videos all my videos that do the best are videos where i'm like shitting on something or disappointed in something you know what i mean like like my my top 10 uh 
what is it top 10 like overrated games and stuff is like my most watched video probably has like a billion dislikes the algorithm feeds on that shit apparently and same with like my video just saying like why i won't be playing final fantasy 16 like half the oh actually i think now more of the comments are like more more like positive and stuff but like when i first released that video it was like you're a piece of shit or or like the the people that are like you should just buy it anyways it's like bro i'm not gonna spend 700 fucking dollars on a ps5 to play a game i am not interested in playing at right all. well you and it's, I, mean? I think the negative part is that people want either confirmation bias or they yeah. want or they want to hate click your video yeah, 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 yeah. Because hate drives more traffic than being genuine and being nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. so, and I'm you not saying be, uh... I'm not saying that's a thousand percent true all the time. No, not but all the but time. you will see more like headlines do it all the time. I know Kotaku does that shit where they they come up with like the yeah, most baiting. negative. Yeah, the baiting thing. They can do the most negative headline, and people are gonna click it and be like, "Look at these fucking idiots." Well, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, guess but you what? You clicked the article, buddy. You clicked the article and g- <laughs> gave them exactly what they want. Yeah. So that doesn't make them idiots. It makes them business savvy. Yeah. Because they know what drives traffic. But yeah. That being said, <laughs> man, we tangented hard. We fucking left turned hard. <laughs> Harder than a fucking NASCAR race. Yeah. So. Let's get to our actual topic, which we were going to get to, but then decided to go off on a tangent. Nostalgia trip. Now, we talked a little bit about this last time because of the arcade shit, which was a good talk. A lot of people really liked that part of the the podcast. So we're going to give you a full topic and a full podcast about that. Well, sort of full. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This will be the main topic. The main course. That so, was all just appies, baby. Yeah, that was all just an appetizer. <laughs> to quench your ears and eyes. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> oh, fuck. Jesus. So, uh... <laughs> I'm gonna get moisten, you to... your, moisten your eyeballs, baby. I'm gonna We're get into you, the I'm main gonna, course. I'm gonna get you to spit water during one of these podcasts, I'm telling you. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, so nostalgia trip. We talked about this last time with the arcade. We talked about it earlier with the CRT TV at the Game Boy Advance with the fucking coily, coily light. Let's talk about what it was like growing up back in the day with rental places. Oh yeah. The quality of games, demo discs, how you played games, etc. Okay. So can I, I just got to start with one thing because otherwise it'll leave my brain did you when you like rented games and like it came with um it never came with like obviously they didn't send you home with a fucking authentic game box and shit like that right you'd have like those those jewel case plastic boxes did yours have like this big it looked like the ufc the old ufc man like the big orange man with like his arms like this or something did your games have that on them like the, the the jewel cases no, um, they it usually... almost looks like the game genie or like the UFC guy kind of yeah, thing. They, they, at my local one, in any place I'd ever been, they usually put like the name of the place uh, on on the okay. thing. So like on the back, it would say like such and such video rental. Okay. What I really hated 
and no one snitch to anybody about this. Okay. This <laughs> but when you live yeah. on the internet, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when you would go to a video store or whatever and rent a game, and like, let's say you kept that game too long and forgot about it. Yeah. You know, I always hated that the video rental place's name was on there because it was like ruining the game. Like, the, the cartridge for some reason, it always bothered yeah, me. Yeah, no, it is rough. Because especially when... Uh, and this is jumping ahead a bit, but when Blockbuster and Movie Gallery and all that went under, um, they were selling games for like dirt cheap, right? Yeah. But but it was like they all have these stupid fucking stickers, like those silvery foil stickers too, and it like you can't get that shit off without. Dude, the stuff, crazy so. part was is like my local video store never had like the newest games, so yeah. like you could you would go to our video store and like they it was probably PS3 era. And they still had Nintendo 64 games. Yeah, that's kind of how ours was. But again, yeah, growing up in a small town, right? Right. That's kinda so they never had like new releases. Too. So I never played anything on release unless my parents bought it for me. Yeah. So it's just funny that like we, again, we grew up in different countries and we still had the same kind of experience. Kind of experience bit. with it. Did you yeah. have a game that you rented a lot? Yeah, I have a bunch of those actually. Um, So... So, um, little shout out, I do another podcast called, uh, relaxed retro talk. And we've been going through growing up with like each console kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, the last one we just did was on the Genesis. And I talked about this a bit there, but it was, uh, I rented Sonic the Hedgehog three, like almost every single weekend, like forever with, with knuckles. No, no, no. Cause you couldn't rent two games. Cause apparently, cause that was too expensive. So it was just one game. But I would just rent it every weekend, and I man, I played that game so many times, and it's long too, like for a for a Genesis game, like it had the save feature and stuff. So I remember always scrolling all the way to the far right because it had like I think it had like four or six different save files you could mm -hmm. use because you'd be like you'd be like fuck, I hope nobody rents this during the week and my save file's still there, right? Like, man, we used to. I we and and the weird thing is is my parents never bought the game for me, but we rented it probably every weekend for like two years. You know what's funny? Um, so the game that I rented the most, and this is gonna sound really fucking hilarious, the Looney Tunes basketball game on Super Nintendo. <laughs> you were showing me that the other night. <laughs> I know, and it's like no, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably put that on screen while we're talking about this, so they could see, so they could see exactly what I'm talking about, and it might be again a nostalgia trip for anybody, and it's like I don't know why, because I you ever have that game that maybe you rented but you just could never get past like the second level. Yeah, but you still played it over but, and over but again. But you still played the fuck out of it because it was so yeah. much fun to you, even though you'd lose. Like, back then when losing didn't make you want to fucking yeah. spike your well, controller. Because you always lose. That's all you did in games back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, really. Like, especially like super, like NES games. Yeah. Those games were a death march. But yeah, like, yeah. I would rent, uh, every weekend I would rent, like, the Looney Tunes basketball game. <laughs> and I would play the fuck out of it. And I would win the first level but then like the second level would be there and it would just beat my ass and i'm like i, I didn't care i i just kept playing yeah. it i just kept renting it, was fun. it yeah it was fun yeah so it's just funny because like 
I look back at those times and I'm like, I couldn't play those games now if I didn't No. If I didn't win, right? Yeah. Like even with Dark Souls, I knew I could beat Dark Souls games and Soulsborne in general because I had played Elden Ring. But right. before that, I hated those games because I couldn't beat them. Right. And then one day I had this really bad fear of missing out. And I went and bought Elden Ring. And now I have five playthroughs <laughs> completed. And I have now, I marathoned this year the Soulsborne games. All, every single one of them, including Sekiro, Bloodborne, Dark Souls 1 through 3, Demon Souls. And uh, just, I had a blast. So it, it's funny because like those games were Death Marches back in the 90s. The, yeah. the, Net, the NES games. Yeah, back when that was like the norm, right? Like yeah. every game was like that. So it, it's just funny. But like that also reminds me like the quality of games. Because yeah. I, I often wonder, like, and we talked about it with Final Fantasy VII, that game's translation is so fucking bad. Yeah, yeah. But that's part of the charm. Honestly. But it's a lifelong classic. Yeah. That, that people love to this day, flaws and all. And it makes me wonder, is it because we've gotten older and money is more of an object to us? Maybe. And so when a game comes out broken or with weird little oddities to it, that we tend to be more critical of it? Yeah. See, I, I'm like... <laughs> It's it's weird because I'm I'm very critical of modern gaming, like, like very very critical, but in like different ways because like when I see when people are like oh I clip my shoulder clip through this wall like I don't give a shit. Same with like same with like a little if there's like if the frame rate drops when I'm doing some really crazy cool shit, Dude, I that's, generally don't care. That's been a fucking huge thing with frame rate geeks the last couple weeks about Final Fantasy 16. There are some. There are some dips outside of combat where people are like, well, why is this dipping? Why is this doing that? Why? It's who like, cares? dude, who fucking cares? The story's yeah. good. The combat's good. Every, the music's good. Everything about this game is good. Yeah. Even Digital Foundry gave it a glowing review on the technical side, but they did note the frame drops, but they weren't yeah. like snobs about it. And you got yeah. people that never played 60 FPS in their life that played one fucking game it was 60 <laughs> fps and now that's and their, about it and and now that's their fucking gold standard when a game doesn't hit that like this star for the starfield shit is so annoying because i don't give a fuck if it plays at 30 fps i don't no. fucking care is no, it a I good don't. game yeah if it's a good game i don't give a fuck yeah like, like there's so levels of break like yeah. if it's fucking broken yeah that makes yeah. sense like look at if it's like cyberpunk was when cyberpunk when cyberpunk come out that that's completely different than it drops back hell when do you have, have you ever played sonic the hedgehog 2 yes have you ever played sonic the hedgehog 2 multiplayer where you're trying no. to race dude the fucking slowdown in that <laughs> it's like ungodly but we would play it all the time it was fun it's awful because the slowdown is so bad like you're going slower than fucking mario at at a walk but it, it's so it's still a fun game. Like it's it's an issue, but it's not something that would ruin the game. Well, what's you know funny what to mean? me too is like, um, Bubsy 3D 
is cl- <laughs> is clearly a fucking. Damn, we're going down this road, are we? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Dude, Bubsy 3D is probably the grossest misconduct of a video game I've ever seen in my life. It kind of is. And you know what's funny? (laughs) You play it and are semi-okay with it because it's one of the only 3D platformers that you can play because of your death perception problem. (laughs) And I sit there and I'm like, Every single fucking game, no matter how broken or shitty it is, has an audience. Yeah, I think so. And so it's... I mean, look at Roblox. <laughs> Kids play the shit out of Roblox. <laughs> I, dude, I played Roblox with my niece one time. We spawned into the game. Because like it, you like pick different games or something. Yeah. We spawned into the game. On spawn, I fell through the floor. <laughs> kept falling i'm like this is the shittiest fucking game i've ever played in my life my niece plays that all the time dude and it cracks me up too because like <laughs> i like xenogears yeah dude the platforming in that game is fucking awful yeah it is the worst and the camera is brutal and the Honestly, camera's I, brutal. I, I could go on a whole thing about <laughs> xenogears and this this goes back to what we were talking about earlier about people people uh not like people wanted to wanted to hear what they want to hear and like i remember and and even to what you were saying like with your stream i had people coming into my stream or people that that uh watch my stream regularly were who were like man i just want to see i want to see your reaction to xenogears and to this part and the whole time i felt so bad same with breath (laughs) of fire same with breath of fire man i felt so bad playing these games on stream because i was like Man, this game is just not that good. Like I could, I could see your frustration <laughs> as you're playing each, and it's every Breath of Fire game. You just did not enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, but you, I could tell that you felt bad because you were like, "I want to talk shit so bad about this game, <laughs> but I, oh, I don't want to upset anybody." Which mm. it's not even about like trying to grow an audience. You just don't want to upset people. Be mean, yeah, right. yeah. Like you don't want to people... shit on somebody's favorite game. There were, yeah, that's that's what I mean. There were people that were like in my stream, and it, because it, this is their favorite game, and I'm like, I'm like, man, it, like Breath of Fire Four. There's no arguing. It has the shittiest camera in video game history. Like it's bad. I like even watching it is bad. There's four isometric camera angles. Okay, guys. So there's like there's like these and these, and literally all the roads run. Like all the paths and roads run, so you can't see anything from those points of view. If they literally just would have changed the cameras to here and here, you would have been able to see everything, but you can't. You can't see nothing. It's so annoying. And then kind of the same thing happens almost with Xeno Gears, but now you add really bad platforming where you stick to if, if there's like a wall here, like like take I'm not even a Mario fan, but take Mario, for example, a 3D Mario game. If there is a platform here and a wall here and you're and you're and there's another platform over here, it's along the wall. If you jump and your shoulder touches that wall, you still land and make your jump. In Xenogears, if you jump, you touch that wall, you like you stick to it like fucking you ever it's watch like you MXC? Stop moving. 
<laughs> yeah. You ever watch like MXC, like fucking most extreme elimination challenge where <laughs> yeah. they have like that, that wall of like fly tape. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. You like stick to it and drop down and, Oh my God, man. That's just, Dude, that what's shit crazy though is as, as broken as some of that game is. And, and it had, if I remember right, it had a bad development cycle. It did. Um, yeah. They stopped it, making it halfway through the fucking game. It is widely <laughs> beloved though. Because the story is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Apparently I made it. <laughs> like the story is pretty good. It. I'll give it that. Like the story is good, but it has its flaws, but it's genuinely beloved. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how much I've seen people love that game, and it's broken. It's absolutely broken. And in this day and age, I think people take for granted the fact that when you bought a game back in the day, if it was broken, it fucking stayed broken. Yeah, yeah. Like, you didn't get this shit where, oh, uh, we're going to come up with a patch two months later. Yeah. You didn't get a patch. Nope. Like, if you if you wanted that game fixed, they had to make an entire new version of that game. Yeah. Which did happen, but you had to buy it again, and they didn't ever announce that they were doing it. Right. It was just all of a sudden, hey, my version of Zelda doesn't have this. Like, well, you know what I mean? And people are so about instant gratification now that, like, if something is broken, and I admit, like, as an adult spending money on things, I am more careful with what I purchase. As opposed yeah. to when I was a kid, and it was my parents' money. <laughs> Who gives a shit? You know? Oh, yeah. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> you you aren't as picky because you're just excited to have a new game. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like as we get older, we tend to get a little more spoiled when it comes to video games because there's so much to play. There and there's is, yeah. like with the, with the ad with, with the invention of the internet, we get these patches, we get all of these things that we wouldn't normally have if the internet didn't exist. So I think like the quality of games has gone up in some ways, in some ways, and it's gone down in others. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think we just take for granted how much we just didn't care back in yeah, the day yeah, yeah. when games were yeah. broken. And I think uh, actually, you know, I think I would agree. Games have gone up because if you look at the entire library of a console, like I love the NES, I love the Genesis. Uh, like Genesis is like one of my favorite consoles of all time, but the if you took every game on the Genesis and compared it with every game on the PS4, you're gonna have way more really good games on the PS4. Right. You might have you might have a lot of incredible games on the Genesis. You might have like look at the PS1. PS1 has some of the greatest games ever made to this day. Right. But if you took that entire game library and compared it with the PS4, the quality of games on the PS4 is going to be higher. Well, and to be fair, like, people aren't making games on an Apple Mac computer from 1990 anymore. Like, yeah. it's, it's not just lines of code in a in a thing that tells you what you're doing. Like, there's coding, there's art there's writing there's like there's all these different factors that go into making a game and some teams are 200 300 people and yeah. back in the day chrono trigger was made with like way less than that like i don't yeah. even know i don't even remember was it like 10 people that made chrono trigger or something like that yeah i'm not sure but they took chrono trigger's an exceptional case too cuz they took like that was the dream team right? right like they took the dragon quest team and the final fantasy team and like combine them to make like this epic fucking adventure well and that's kind of what we're seeing with 
Final Fantasy 16 too is just like this this culmination of a dream team. Like you have Yoshi P, who is an Enix guy. You have Koji Fox, who has worked on Final Fantasy titles in the past and became the lore keeper for 14. You have Hiroshi Takai, who did The Last Remnant. And I mean, despite it not being that popular, it is a, a pretty good game I, from, my, from what I have played or what I remember of it because I, you know, I beat it a long time ago. But, yeah. you know, and then you have Ryoto Suzuki, who made who helped make arguably one of the greatest action games of all time in Devil May Cry 5 and a really good game in Dragon's Dogma. So you have all this talent coming together and they still need a team of 200 people yeah, to yeah, build games. So because it's like of all the back, the background, like all the, the actual development part of it now. Right. right. Whereas before you would have um, like, like the NES, the Genesis, stuff like that. Even the PS one, like PS one, I think they started having to grow quite a bit, but but you had you had the guys you had the 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 idea guys and the visionaries mm -hmm. also making the game right right like whereas Sakaguchi. now that's yeah whereas now that's impossible right you can't they they can they can have it they can direct it but they can't do everything it would be absolutely impossible well, with a big game like and that's what's so crazy to me about like indie games right now you look yeah. at indie games like look at uh, uh, Ember Labs with Kana Bridge of Spirits. That game is fucking incredible, and it's made by a super, super small team. I don't even know if they have 10 people on their team, but Ember Labs got popular from doing a, I think it was Majora's Mask, like, CGI commercial that they filmed themselves and edited it like a Hollywood movie, and then they turned their talents towards making a video game in Cana Bridge of Spirits, and as simple as that game is... It's really fucking good, dude. Like, it's amazing to me that as technology has progressed and people get more programs at home, that these indie games are becoming a reality and are sometimes outdoing these companies that have 200 people working on the same game. Yeah. It's because you've got the... They have that same passion and heart that people that were developing on the NES and Genesis had, right? Right. It's a smaller team. Well, look at Celeste, man. It was one person made Celeste. Right. And that is that that's like the best platformer I've ever played in my life. And it's so good. And the messenger, the uh the messenger was like the best action platformer I've played probably since like Castlevania Aria of Sorrow on like the Game Boy Advance. Hey, sorry guys about the abrupt cutoff. We uh had some technical difficulties with some electricity over at my house. So uh <laughs> yeah. So we're back now. Uh we're good to go. But uh yeah, we were talking about, like, the quality of games and stuff. But the other thing is, too, like, what people don't realize is, like, to play a, a demo or a snippet of a game back in the day, you had to play a demo disc. And, yeah. like, people our age will remember that. But if you're younger than us, you might not. Like, that's something that our generation had to deal with. Like, you know, that's how I first played Snow uh, Cool Borders. Uh, oh yeah, same actually. Cool it, Borders four. It's Cool Borders three for me. Uh, oh, it's how I first played Spyro the Dragon. Uh, it's how I first played Urgies. Oh, I never that, have played that one. Is that, that any good, or or does it just kind of get by no, because of the characters? It, it it's a Final Fantasy fighting game. What do you think? Yeah. From from the, from the PS one era. What do you think? Yeah, not like good. it's I it's a cult classic. Like it's one of those games where like you remember it fondly. 
Yeah, yeah. But if you were to play it today, you'd be like, okay, like, eh, you know. If you were to play it today and try and take it seriously, like, right. you could probably have a good time. Right, right, right. Yeah. You could have fun with, like, how, like, wonky it is, but it, yeah. it wasn't horrible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, uh, I think Tekken maybe was a demo that I played, too. Yeah, I remember playing, a te- it was like a Tekken 1 or 2, I remember playing yeah. a demo of that. So how did you get demo discs? Because I think we talked about this at one time, and we kind of diff- got them differently, but maybe maybe not. So we had, um, there was like a, I think it was just like called PlayStation Magazine or something like that. And the the demo discs were, there was like PlayStation Underground, and then there's like Jam Packs or something mm-hmm. like that. And so... That's how I would always get mine. And it's kind of funny because I think it was like last year on my stream, I just, I wanted to play a bunch of demo discs. So I actually like downloaded like a bunch of demo discs and put them on my PlayStation Classic. Mm-hmm. And I like played through a bunch of the ones that I grew up playing and then a bunch of different ones. And uh, we didn't have the internet back then. So we, we, did, we didn't have, well, we did, but it wasn't what it is now. And so now you can you can check like a review and and uh, get an idea even if even if your tastes are different from the guy doing the review you could get an idea of what the game was what it was about stuff like that you could watch video you couldn't really watch video of yeah. games like there were no ads for games back then on TV well the and obviously obviously YouTube didn't exist yeah. So the only way you really learned about games was from magazines and then these demo discs, right? And then you could at least try the game. Uh, Legend of Dragoon, again, that was, uh, I played that the first time in the demo disc as well. See, we, so here Pizza Hut ran promotions where you could get demo discs. I think it was like, oh, really? you, yeah, I think if you got like a personal pan pizza, you got a demo disc or something with it. Oh, weird. And uh, I think one of the Pizza Hut demo discs had Final Fantasy VIII on it. Going back oh. to Final Fantasy VIII, folks. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about it, I'm telling you. But uh, yeah, demo discs were like a huge part of my life back then. I, I used to, like, it's kind of like when you would rent the SNES game or whatever from the video store. Like, you yeah, couldn't yeah. beat the level, but you were going to keep playing it. Yeah, like, yeah. I would play Cool Borders 3. And never win a race, but I would play that demo a thousand times. Or like yeah. Siphon Filter. Siphon Filter was another game on those would demo you, discs that I played. Would you just tase their balls until they lit on fire <laughs> like I did? Dude, that game was so fun to play on the demo. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of games that I played uh, back in the day that I have fond memories of that were literally just demos. Like I got yeah. Spyro the Dragon because... I'd played the demo for it and I absolutely yeah. loved it. So I, it's just funny because like, you know, now it's like they release a demo and you, you just download it. Yeah. And which is nice. I'm not. Wh- yeah. At all. Yeah. I mean, either that, I mean, it is nice. It's just funny how like things have evolved to where like magazines are kind of obsolete now. Like, yeah, magazines are cool and stuff. Like I still get game informer. Well, whenever I'm signed up, I, I still get game informer physical, because, really? Yeah, because I, I just like the covers. I don't know. I See, it's been a while since I did it, so I don't know if they still do covers or if they still do physicals. I think they do. I don't know. It's been so long since I got one, but uh, um, I I used to love getting the physical copies of, of Game Informer and, like, keeping them because of the cool covers. Yeah. But yeah. now it's like, you know, you can read all their articles online. 
you know, they don't come with demo discs anymore because demo discs just aren't a thing. Yeah. Uh, Could you imagine? That'd be weird if they were now, I think. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, like, if, if, if like, a... Could you imagine, like, if a gaming company or, like, a magazine, like, Game Informer, if they started, like, sending out demo discs and stuff and, like, you could get, like, exclusive demo... That'd be something cool to bring back, honestly, for, like, certain games. Well, I think what's what's changed, though, too, is that, like, companies are flying out content creators and press to the like these demo showings that's true yeah. because it's not like when you buy a digital game or like you know if you get a review copy from a company you get a code for it right yeah well those co- those codes have to be curated yeah so they're not going to curate like a bunch of codes for a demo they're either going to have the demo at these press events or they're going to like Just invite it digitally online right like they you know like Final Fantasy 16, they had a bunch of press and content creators go to London and uh, they had this whole media tour and stuff like that where they like went through and they like physically advertised the game and invited people to it. And then this this pre-launch celebration, they did the same thing. and They invited a bunch of press and content creators to come play the demo. And then yeah. like literally the next day, they released the demo to the public. Yeah, yeah. Online. Yeah. So it's like... Demo discs just are, they're an obsolete thing. They would never yeah, have a yeah. purpose anymore. Like, the only way that they would make sense now is if, like, for some reason the internet went down. Yeah. Like, everywhere. I think and- it would be a cool fucking novelty, though. Like, if you, like, say say there was, like, a game coming out, and it was, like, a sequel to, like, a, a long-standing series, right? Like, mm-hmm. say, like, Dragon Quest Twelve, right? When it when they actually, when they start, like, re- releasing a demo or something from it. If they, um, if, like, you pre-order the game, they'll mail you a demo disc? Like, <laughs> yeah. how fucking, and that's the only way you can play the demo? Well, what's funny like, is, that would be cool. Final Fantasy Fifteen kind of did something like that. Uh, you had to buy Type O, Right, I remember that. And buddy had it. Type zero, I mean, whatever. But, yeah, I don't know what it is. I yeah, always call it a Guido because that's what it was like. The prototype name of it. Was right. For years. So you would buy Type Zero. I think it was a remaster of the PSP game. Yep. But if you bought that remaster uh, for PS4, you got a demo of Final Fantasy 15 with it, and that's literally the only reason I bought Type Zero because I had no interest in the game at all. Like now, I I know it's good. Or it's yeah. at least, like, the story is really powerful. So, like, it's funny that that game's sales probably got a giant boost because yeah. the demo for a mainline Final Fantasy was attached to it. So, like, I think those kind of things are cool. I'm really surprised that that isn't more of a thing. Yeah. But I also think there's a lot of series that, like, a demo just wouldn't make sense yeah. to release with Man. a with a, a game that's especially now with uh the square enix games where you're literally just playing like the first part of the game and right then you can continue your save well like but triangle you strategy mentioned... did it yeah 16, yeah yeah 16 has done it now dragon quest 11 did that right. but um when you mentioned that game you just said um a lot of people when dragon quest finally came back to the west because because they there was dragon warrior uh seven on the uh ps1 um, but they didn't start using the Dragon Quest name in the West again until Dragon Quest Eight, and it came out on the PS2 years later. But Dragon Quest was very under the radar because Enix has always been really bad at like marketing their own games. And um, 
So what they did once they did the merger with, because that was like, that would have been like right when Square Enix would have started was when like Dragon Quest VIII came out. And so what they did was like that they, they, they had realized like not as many people know Dragon Quest in the West as they do Final Fantasy. So the only way you could play the Final Fantasy 12 demo was by buying Dragon Quest VIII. And I still, I, I got Dragon Quest VIII. And I remember, I, I remember beating like Dragon Quest VIII and then finally playing the Dragon or the Final Fantasy XII demo. But it was like a lot of people got uh, Dragon Quest VIII and tried it for the first time. Their first entry in that series was because they wanted to play the Final Fantasy XII demo. And then a lot of people didn't like the Final Fantasy XII demo because the combat was so different, right? Yeah. So then they ended up, they ended up loving Dragon Quest VIII and they didn't, they, they were like, wow, I what have they done to Final Fantasy, right? What's funny is like the same feelings that I got playing Tactics in 12 are the same feelings I'm getting with 16. So it's like really cool to have that connection with those older games with something that's brand new. Yeah, no doubt. And that and that's why I like for whatever faults people can find with 16, the reason I was so excited for it was because they were going to go the dark storytelling route that Tactics and 12 had pulled off. And so for me, I was I was waiting for this game because I knew and I, I could just feel that there was a tactics feel to it. So sometimes it's nice to play new games where you get those memories of the old games with it. Yeah. And well, and it's a, a lot of the same writing team and stuff, too. Isn't right. It? Like Kazuto Mihiro wrote 16 uh, and the characters for 16. And uh, he worked on Tactics, Vagrant Story, and 12 with Matsuno, who Matsuno oh, okay. is is my favorite writer at Square. But not going to lie, my hero might be creeping up on him. Like, yeah. and, and it's cool because Matsuno, when this game was being developed, a lot of people thought he was on it because... Of the of the style of writing that was just in the first trailer, like and the world, like when you look at the, the world. world and stuff, it's kind of got a bit of that vibe. Right? Well, and it's an evil East game in everything but name. Yeah, like if they were to tell me that it wasn't Valisthea, it was uh, evil East, I would one thousand percent believe it. Believe it, yeah. Because like if you look at tactics, you know all the characters in it are human, and you yeah. look at twelve. And all and there's like a wide range of of races and and, and everything. Yeah, like those. And what the are those thing is, men and stuff. Uh, yeah. Bonga. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. But uh, I'm such a nerd. But uh, they basically in the lore twelve was like pre Final Fantasy Tactics, and so when Tactics came around, it was like several hundred years in the future, so technology was gone. Well, that's kind of what's going on in 16. 1,500 years ago, technology was a, an ab abundant thing. But this civilization now has, has grown on top of those ruins. And even some of those ruins are being used as buildings. So okay, that's cool. So it's, it's kind of like tactics in that regard. Because they mention airships, but they say they're a long-dead technology. Uh... Well, so it's it's really cool how developers that have been around for 30 years are coming back and telling these stories in the modern day and they're actually working. So, and I, I think personally, Tactics was ahead of its time 
story oh, absolutely even when i was a kid and i played it um a lot of the story went over my head because i was like too young but on replay it's like even better like i loved it then but i i love it more now and there yeah. are other like final Fantasy nines like that with me too and four honestly like i loved them back then but i love them more e- even more now yeah same with final fantasy 8 for me yeah i loved it back then i love it even more now and again a lot to do with resonant arc and mike for uh yeah. for doing that but uh yeah so i kind of think that's it uh this was a good episode i i think we had a lot of good uh good trips down memory lane some yeah. uh learned some things about each other yeah there's one other thing i wanted to mention about demo discs do you ever like i i there are two things actually the first would be they're they're like games that i played on demo disc and just never played again and forgot about and like I've always wanted to kind of go back and like actually like download those games and, and see what have you ever heard of like Tiny Tank? Yes. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? Like it's it's like this little I don't even know. It's like a almost like an old PS1 style third person shooter where you play as a little tank and he's just swearing the whole time. Yes. And like I do people re- out. I do shit. remember that. Wasn't it jank I've, as fuck though? Yeah, it was. But it was but I've always wanted to like actually go and like play that game and see what the actual game is. Like there's a few games like that. Another one I found, it's like super off the radar, but I do own it now. Uh is Freedom Force on PS1. And that was like a beat 'em up game. It was a 3D beat 'em up game and it was actually supposed to be the uh Streets of Rage 4 and then they're like it's too different, so they changed it and it's called Freedom Force and then now like years later there is a Streets of Rage 4, but um, and then the other thing I was going to uh, bring up was I love playing demos of mostly JRPGs because it feels like you're playing something from like an alternate timeline because it's different. You know what I mean? Like the you're usually getting things like way earlier in the game that you're not supposed to have. Do, yet. do you do you need Max Dude to tell you it's good? No, I don't. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> but but like. Um, when when you like go like uh the demo for Final Fantasy VIII for example you you pull up you do it's the Dalit mission right you pull up on the beach oh yeah yeah and and like you have different party members than you normally would you've got uh, different summons and like if if I just... remember right the Final Fantasy VII demo had Aerith in the reactor yep yep it did yeah so I see what you're saying yeah 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 I just love that it's like that it's like it's like a part of like this alternate timeline almost right like it's like this is what the game could have been or there's like features in the demo for some of these demos that never made it to the full game and stuff right. like i just oh something about that it just i love that it, it's almost like a, a peek into what could have been yeah i really like that with with old especially uh jrpg demos you seem to see it a lot in but, but that's that's kind of what i wanted to yeah to just mention too before we wrapped yeah that's awesome Oh, and then one other thing. I wanted to say, I've got my uh, my big Canada Day stream. I always have two big streams every year, and uh, New Year's and Canada Day. And this Canada Day, I'll be playing through uh, my favorite version of the original Dragon Quest on the Super Famicom. It's the Super Famicom remake. Um, so if you want to come join me for that, I will be completely under the influence of, of uh, pretty much everything I can get my hands on. So if you want to come have some fun... <laughs> <laughs> get ab- watch me get absolutely trashed and play through Dragon Dragon Quest 1 on the Super Famicom. Come hang out there as well. 
And I'll probably be there in the chat just as as uh, under the influence as he is. <laughs> that's that's uh that'll be if this goes up Friday that'll be tomorrow so that it'll be Saturday. Yeah, so Jan- this, January, this episode January July 1st. <laughs> yeah, this episode will be up it looks like June 30th. Okay, so if you're, perfect. So if, so if you're listening to this right now it's June 30th and the next day yeah tomorrow is Dookie's uh is Corey's Canada Canada Day stream. Jesus Christ, I sound like I'm under the influence right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, and I promise I'm not. Maybe, maybe <laughs> this later. Time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, I have a. Well, I don't really have anything. I don't know what I've got. I've got going on. So uh, I'm still on vacation by that point. My that'll be my last. Your Canada Day stream will be my last day off for my vacation. Oh, okay. So. So I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna go out with a bang on my vacation. So <laughs> celebrating Canada Day in the states, boys. Yeah, baby. <laughs> but uh, anyway, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, I know we got off topic a little bit tonight, but I think we just had a, a lot smidge. of fun. Just a smidge, just a, a skosh. <laughs> but I think we had a lot of fun tonight. Um, this was, you know, the tangents were fun at least. It wasn't like, Absolutely. you know, anything Sometimes stupid. the best parts of a podcast is when you go off on a tangent, right? Right, and we're trying not to do this any kind of scripted manner. Like, obviously we kind of have an outline, but we're not really doing it in a specific way. So, and this episode's going to end up being a little bit longer yeah. uh, than the last one, surprisingly enough. But, uh, yeah, other than that. I think we're good to go. So don't forget to follow us on our socials. That'll be somewhere on screen here. Uh, And uh, check out both of our channels. Uh, Soldier First Class for me and Dookie03 for him. We'll put that on the screen as well. And uh, that's it. Got anything else? coming out, guys. Uh, Appreciate all the listeners, all the watchers, and you guys have a fantastic week or weekend. Yep. So uh, we'll see you in the next one, guys. I'm Alex, a.k.a. Soldier First Class. And I'm Corey, a.k.a. Dookie03. And we'll see you in the next one. Have a good one. Later, guys.